uh, welcome, and I'm going to open us in prayer, and then we'll get going. Dear Lord, we are, we're here, and for some of us, that's, that's a first step. So, Lord, we just thank you for uh, what you're doing here. We thank you for Convoy. Uh, pray that you just uh, reveal your vision today. Uh, we pray that the glory is given to you, and that uh, we just are glad that you're taking us along for the ride. So, God, be with us, bless this ministry, bless each of these men, and uh, thank you for uh, what you're doing here. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, so a lot of stuff here. This, this, all these slides are going to be given to you guys. So if you're, if you're a note taker like me and you can't keep up, that's fine. You're going to have all these slides, so don't worry about it, and the notes. Um, so I'm going to jump right in because we've got a lot to discuss. I'm going to ha- ask everybody to go back in time just a little bit. So go back to uh, early October when we last met. And we talked about convoy the verb. And so for uh, the new guys, uh, we, we essentially felt like the Lord was calling us to up our game. We feel like it, we are not, we're more than just convoy the noun, which is a group of ships sailing, but to what end? But really, we're more convoy the verb, which is the origin of the word. And it was to convoy something of great value. And that the Lord was calling us to convoy the valuables in our life. So our, our family, our friends, our coworkers and to do it together. So, and we'll touch base, we'll touch on that just a little bit later. So we left that meeting excited, uh, really realizing that, uh, you know, we've, there's something happening that's special here. The Lord's doing some pretty cool stuff in this ministry. And so uh, we started to reach out to people at Mosaic and Fellowship, uh, even outside of uh, the Fellowship campus and to other churches in Northwest Arkansas, and even outside of that. And really we were asking, what can we do for you? What can we do to plug in? What, how can we uniquely serve and support? And a lot of that was driven by, uh, we know we also need help. Like, we also want to invest in our leaders. We also want to have the best content that we can. Uh, we want to bring in teachers uh, and things of that nature. So it was really a two-way street. And you know what? Everybody, same response from everybody. Oh, love what you guys are doing. Like, love it. And so excited. Uh, now tell me again, who are you guys? And you know, and I thought, at first I thought it was kind of a joke. It's like, well, you know us, we're man church, we're convoy, right? We've been around forever. And, and what, what they were asking, the question behind the question was, no, no, I'm not, I know kind of who you are, but if I'm going to point a man towards convoy, what am I going to tell him? Like, what are the sound bites, uh, you know, for, for doing that? And what we realize is that there's actually some truth and insight behind that. And so we've spent kind of the last two months, you know, really reflecting on who is Convoy. So where, who is God calling us to be? And we're going to walk you through that journey today. So what, what I'm going to ask you to do is if we were at about 15,000 feet in early October, let's pull up to 35 and let's look at Convoy from a top-down standpoint, as, about as high as we can get, and let's think about who is Convoy, Okay. And so it always begins with uh, some parameters. When you're thinking about um, identity and, and who you are, you want to make sure you have some guardrails so you don't, you don't go get too far, get spread too thin. So there were four that we started with. One, it's got to be tangible. Like, I have to get it. It's got to be something that I understand. It's got to be practical. We're not about living in, in, in super theology, using big words. We're on the front line. So this has got to be something we can all use. This has got to be practical. It's got to be ownable. 
this is, this is my convoy. It's your convoy. You own it. Like, convoy, this ministry is only as good as we are obedient and, and as we are participating. And then most importantly, it's got to be rooted. Uh, it, you're going to see lots of scripture today. Um, we're going to continue to, to root ourselves in biblical truths. And, uh, you know, I love Psalms 1-2. It says, blessed is the one who, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. It goes on to say, whoever delights in the law will prosper. So we want, we want convoy. We want our, our ministry to prosper. So who is convoy? Well, we began with some common descriptors, and the great uh, philosophers Lewis and Pointer said, have always said, well, it's a bunch of gray hairs that slap us around. And you know what? If you, I, what I learned is we got a lot of pushback on that, and if you twist Scripture just a little bit, you see that prestigious gray hairs give a good thrashing. You can see how it could work, so, uh, but, but, but thankfully didn't get too far with, uh, with that one. But that's our backup, just in case you guys don't like where we end up. But we really did start with, what, how do you guys, how do we talk about convoy today? What are the common denominators? What are those words, those phrases that we use to describe it? Multi-generational, very important. One of the, one of the corner you know, signpost parts of this. Connecting, I mean, we've heard Paul talk a ton about the vision of two mornings in a row, connect the men of Northwest Arkansas, connecting is important community of men. We're, it's a men's ministry, and we're a community. There's, we're a living organism, and becoming and making disciples. So we talk a lot about, uh, you know, mentoring, being mentored, uh, you know, the verse in Timothy about passing it on, you know, equipping uh, capable people to pass it along. So we thought, let's just not reinvent the wheel. Let's go, let's take these, and let's put them together, okay? So here's, here's our identity statement. A multi-generational community of men connecting to become and make disciples. Okay, I'm going to say it again. A multi-generational community of men connecting to become and make disciples. So what I'm going to do is, I don't know if, if for anybody in the creative space, a technical exploded drawing is when you take an object and you, you explode it into a thousand pieces and then you bring it back together. That's what I'm going to do with that definition. So what I hope is at the end of this, you're going to read that, and it's going to mean something more to you because of kind of what the Lord is doing because of each of those critical pieces. So let's start with multi-generational. Stories are our lifeblood. Um, God loves to work through stories. When you look in Psalms, it says, generation after generation stands in awe of your work. Each one tells stories of your mighty acts. So, you know, in here, we believe that the older you are, the more stories you have. And this is not about bringing the right story. It's not bringing perfect stories. It's bringing our stories. And each of our stories matters. And God, I mean, he tells us in Scripture that he is passed down. He works through multiple generations as they tell their stories. Checks and balances. So Paul instructs Titus and Timothy here. He says, Timothy... Don't rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers. And he tells Titus, he says, guide older men and guide the young ones too. So what, what, they're, what he's telling us here is that, one, both generations are significant. They're, they're important. They're critical to what he's doing. Two, they're both to be appreciated. You know, call them father. Call them brother. And three, we're not perfect. We still need guidance. So there's a reason why we're here together, so we can help guide each other. 
thick as blood. So Paul and Timothy were not related. But look at how he look at how he talks to Timothy. He says, I write this to you, Timothy, the son I love so much. You know, we believe that there's uh, there's something special about an older generation and a younger generation. There's relationships that go well beyond blood that can be significant, that can be monumental in somebody's lives. And I know we have those examples here of men that are younger and older than you that are really special. And so God loves, loves it when multiple generations love on each other. He works through generations. David says, even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation. And Luke, he says, his mercies extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Now, we talk a lot about, not necessarily we as in convoy, but I've heard, I hear a lot about the sins of the father are passed down from generation to generation, and I believe that's true. And I believe it's, it's up to us to try to stop that. But I also want to come, want to layer on top of that, that the power of the father is passed down from generation to generation. And so he tells us his mercies are extended from generation to generation. So it's not just the sin, it's God who's passed down. Uh, and that's important to, to remember. Multiple generations, so multi-generational, okay? Community. Let's talk about community of men. So what is a community? What is this idea that, of a group that shares common values? Well, this is just standard. If you Google community, you'll get something like this. You'll hear about it's got boundaries. There's emotional safety. There's a sense of belonging or identification. There's personal investment involved in a community. And then there's a common symbol that everybody can rally around. Well, look at us. Our boundaries, we're only as big as God is. So God's kingdom is our boundaries. Uh, emotional safety, well, come as you are. Bring your story the way it is today to convoy and plug in. Uh, we, you're free. Of, there's no judgment here. This is about all stories matter. Uh, sense of belonging or identification, well, we believe God can use every man. Like, there's no prerequisite necessary to be a part of this ministry. Personal investment, we've already men I mentioned this earlier, it's got to be ownable. We have to be active. This is only as alive as we are obedient to God. We have to be active. Everybody, all of us, are co-authors of Convoy, and then we've got a very clear common symbol, and that's Christ. Also, from a community standpoint, there are, we may be one community, but there's many parts. There's many people. You know, he tells us in 1 Corinthians, we are all baptized by one spirit as to form one body. So God has placed the parts in the body just as he wanted them to be. There are many parts, but one body. Our community is made up of many parts. We're one community, but we're many stories. We're many perspectives. We're many generations. And God has us, I believe, I hope you believe this. He's got us right where he wants us, which is right here. We are one of his many communities. God loves communities. So he tells us in Matthew, he said, when two of you get together and pray and make any, and when two of you get together on anything at all and make a prayer of it, my father goes into action, which I love that. We're going to talk about taking action at the end of this. When two or three of you are together, what? I'll be there. You can count on it. That's a promise. And so God loves to join communities that gather in his name. He loves the idea of communities. All right, communities lean in. So we carry each other's burdens. Uh, we spur one another on to love and good deeds. 
We encourage each other. We love each other. Communities lean in. We take care of each other. There's something unique about a community and how we're woven together. Uh, there is, we are serving, or ser- we're servants in nature. Community of men, okay? Connecting. Oh, this is a word that's really come to life for me as, as we've been diving into this idea. So look at the origin of it. It's two words. It was con and nectar. So together and bind. So this is about being bound together. You look at uh, Trusty Webster and he'll say, it's to become joined. It's to establish communication. I love these anonyms. You know, fusing something, joining, unifying, uniting. Pretty powerful words. Why is being connected so important? You don't have to read this. Let me, let me extract a couple of points. Um, these are two studies that I have recently read. Uh, the one on the left talks about how we are in the most connected time in, our, in the history of mankind. Um, from a digital standpoint, yet half of Americans, nearly half, say they are lonely. So we're more connected than we've ever been, but half of Americans say they're lonely. It goes on to say Generation Z, which I think they say this generation, is, they call them, uh, uh, it's, they're technologically uh, native, so they were literally born with four or five devices. They got devices everywhere, right? You can't get any more connected or real time, yet they claim that they're the loneliest generation. It's pretty powerful. And so it goes on to talk about how loneliness is linked to premature death, and it can be worse than obese. The, the one on the right uh, would be, uh, yeah, you're right, um, was an, a Harvard study that took 75 years to conduct. It was an adult study. And it talked about the, the most savage, which is a pretty pretty tough word, of all symptoms we struggle with is isolation and withdrawal. And we talk a lot about isolation, right? It said it's showing up in a number of ways, including depression, anxiety, substance abuse. And it goes on to say, and I love the end, it's somebody who almost apologizes for the simplicity of the response. It says, you know, I I hate to summarize this after seven, excuse me, 75 years of, of a study, but meaningful Loving relationships are the most important thing to our physical and mental health, more important than dieting and exercise. So meaningful relationships. Um, We're desperate for human connection. That's right. And God knew this. God knew this. He took care of this before the fall, like before we had taken life into our own hands and said, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone I'm going to make you a suitor. And I'm not saying uh, Adam was lonely. I don't know that. Um, but I do think God knew something he didn't, and he knew that some, he was not going to be complete if he didn't have human connection, somebody to, be, to do life with him. Uh, and he goes on to talk about a brother is born for a time of adversity. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. There's multiple passages throughout the Bible. It's endless about the importance of connecting. And he hardwired us to connect. And guess what? It's a God thing. He hardwired us this way because it's who he is. So we hear a ton about love comes from God. God is love. You know, he literally, before he created the earth, he, cre- he had us in mind because guess what? He wanted somewhere to channel his love. Now, how do you love somebody that you're not connected with? So this idea of you have to love to connect, these two things are, are interdependent. Right? They work together. So, so connection is important, and it's a part of who God is. It's central to God's character. And it starts with God. 
So it's not just about us connecting with each other. Hey, what is it? He says it over and over. He can't say it in, 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 the, in any more different way. So he says, love your God, call on me, come to me, pray to me, seek me, abide, me, abide in me, uh, listen to me. He's pleading that we will connect with him, that we will connect with him first. Uh, because he says, and if you do that, I'll bless you. If you will connect with me first, I'll bless you. And he also, and the reason why he says that is because when we connect with him, we let others see him. We let others see Christ. He tells us, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that who can be given the glory? God. So make sure you guys are awake. And he says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So if you love, if you connect, everybody will know that you're mine. Connecting. Okay? Becoming and making disciples. So this is kind of the final stretch before we'll close it. So how do I become a disciple? Like, how do I follow in Jesus' footsteps? I mean, Jesus, he, he wrote the book, right? So it's how do I, what do I do? Well, we, we have tried to, to make that a little bit more tangible for our group which is we need to answer the who, what, and how of discipleship. And then we'll, then we'll tie in what we talked in October. We have to answer the who am I serving? What is my purpose? What's my role in God's kingdom? And how do I fulfill my purpose? So who am I serving is two parts. Okay, We talked about who, underscore the who, am I serving? And that's who is God. So I love this quote. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So my question to you is, what comes into your mind when you think about God? Think about that. Write it down. Do you think about the characteristics of God? Do you think about understanding God's kingdom? Do you think about God's glory? But it's something that we have to think about. And the second part is, who am I serving? So this is really a look back at yourself. Am I building a castle or a kingdom? We talked a lot about that. And, you know, we wonder why we have so much as a society, yet we are so unfulfilled, we are so lonely. It's because, it's because of what Rick Warren said. Thankfully, he backed us up here. He said, we will never find fulfillment in life until we begin to live in God's kingdom. So we need to be a part of building God's kingdom. So what is my purpose? What's my role? What does it mean to be a man? We're going to talk about masculinity here in a second. How do we get off this purposeless treadmill that we're on as men? Well, we believe our purpose is to convoy God's valuables the way he would. And convoy is love, serve, flank, protect, guide. So how do we convoy our val the valuables in our lives the way he would? And the key is let's do it together. Let's do it with other men. You have to know your purpose. You've got to claim it. You can't do life unless you know what you're supposed to be doing. You've got to have a plan, right? How do I fulfill my purpose? We'll make it easy. We've got a, an acronym. So it begins with abiding in Christ. He tells us, John 15, 5, you know, I'm the, I'm the vine, you're the branch. If you will remain in me and I in you, you will bear much, much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. My son and I go, nothing. There's like a lot of emphasis. You cannot do anything apart from God. Two, convoy God's valuables in my life. So he says his first commandment is love, love me, love God, right? And his second one is love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these two. Love God, love your neighbor. So convoying the people in your life is not something we made up. That's a God, that's a God command. We're just trying to make it a little bit more tangible for ourselves. 
And third, we are to transfer this to the men of Northwest Arkansas and beyond. We're to teach. And so, you know, it tells us in Timothy, now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. So act, abide, convoy, transfer. Okay, we need to be men of action. This is something just to help you remember. But he knows that we can't convoy alone. We shouldn't convoy alone. He didn't make us to do that. In fact, he set the example of the power of small groups. He had a small group. Jesus did. And even when he was in his most vulnerable state, just before he was arrested and crucified, he, and the group had gotten even a little smaller and they pulled off, what did he say? Stay here and keep watch with me. He just knew the, the significance of sticking together with your group and having that support. And so, and I love how even after he was crucified and raised, guess what? He came back to see his foxhole. He came back to say, it's me. Like, I, it's what I, what I said happened. It touched me. You know, it's me. So he knew the power of foxholes. And so our, our concept here for the new guys is we believe in the power of small groups. We call them foxholes. We have values that we've always had. They're as real today as they've ever been. They fit into this idea um, perfectly. And they're all about relationships and encouragement and courage and sharing and mentoring and stories, many of which we've touched on. So God loves, loves small groups of men. Making and becoming and making disciples. Okay, so let's read it again. I hope it means a little bit more this time, but again, I've had a lot of time to, we've had a lot of time to marinate on it a little bit. A multi-generational community of men connecting to become and make disciples. Okay, so I'm going to end with this, and then in a second, I'm going to ask Scott to come up. Why do we need to be men of action? Why is this important? You know, why can't we just get back on our purposeless, tre- purposeless treadmill and just do life the way we've always done? Um, say it again. Doesn't accomplish a thing. You're right. You're right. Well, let's look at what we're dealing with, okay? I got three articles in my inbox just in the last 10 days. So this is God's kind of equipped us. He gave us some examples. Don't have to read it. I'm going to hit some highlights. The first one told, told me in this article, life expectancy's down. Now, we've already talked about loneliness is at an all-time high. Suicide is on the rise. Depression, anxiety, substance abuse. All these things are having such a radical effect that it's literally decreasing our life expectancy. Like, that's a bad trend. The second article I got was masculinities down. Now, I'm just be grateful I didn't show you any pictures in this because it was, it, was, um, it was hard to get through. It really was. It was a, it was, uh, I think it was, a, I can't remember if it was a publisher or an artist, but somebody was challenging the idea of masculinity. And they were saying it means something different today than it always has. And so what, what I'm not saying here is that masculinity is about being the Hulk it's not about, you know, being uh, over the top and aggressive and, you know, the, where it's kind of the other ditch. I'm talking about Jesus' version of masculinity. It's not only down, it's nearly invisible. And our society knows it. You know, that's with or without us. And so that's a bad trend. And this, we all know, if you just, if you, even if you try not to keep up with the news, you're going to know that we live in a divided society right now. And this, was a, this specific article was about a, 
uh, somebody spraying a swastika in a Jewish professor's uh, office. And, and it was really just about, I mean, it was, it may have been more disturbing than the masculinity. It was so sad when I read this article, just how, how much hatred is fueling a lot of people these days. And so you want to know why we need to be men of action? Life expectancy down, masculinity down, hatred up. Those aren't good trends. I'm not saying life is all doom and gloom. I'm saying the, the, the world, God needs us to be men of action today. And I think these are reasons why. A lot of good things happening too. So I love the scripture uh, in Ecclesiastes. It says, whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. The message says, don't sit there watching the wind. Do your own work. Don't stare at the clouds. Get on with your life. I stare at the clouds a lot, so I need I need this kind of spurring and and provoking to to get me uh, to wake me up. So my question is, what is your action plan? You have a plan for everything else. You got a plan in your job. You build a house. You got a plan for your house. You got a plan for retirement. But what's your action plan around your purpose, which is to convoy the people in your lives? Um, you know. If we don't think about it, if we're not proactive, God gave us a mind for a reason, right? And so we're going to spend really 2019 unpacking what is our action plan. We're going to talk about how do we abide, how do we convoy, you know, how do we transfer. And so uh, Doug Rains has been fantastic. Uh, couldn't make it this morning, but he's helping us think about what's our curriculum for next year. But this is going to be the undercurrent of what we do. So. I'm going to ask Scott to come up. So Scott, if you don't know him, I think everybody knows him probably, but just in case, um, he is uh, he's a community pastor here at Fellowship. He has been um, a real champion of ours, and honestly, he's been a champion of mine. He's been so encouraging as we've been going through this, and I've just, I've just thoroughly gotten, you know, enjoy getting to know Scott, and he's become a real friend. So when we were ta- thinking about sharing this, I asked him if he'd please uh, come and close us, you know, kind of the significance of what God is doing uh, in us and through us, and then just share a few things. And then if you'll close us in prayer, after this, we'll break into our foxholes. You're good. You were, were you for me? Sure. Okay, we put the first one of Convoy up. The very first, first one? Yeah, very first one. That I can do. So how in the world did I get here at 6 a.m. in the morning? That's what I'm asking. Uh, you know, my, my first thought is really, I guess it's a blessing that, uh, that we're meeting so early because, uh, I'm taking five guys fly fishing after this. So that's perfect, right? It all works out. Um, but man, as I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to Blake's plan and, uh, I think about the first time that Scott and I sat down in October and then I just look across this room at the relationships that I've had with so many of you in the past. And I just think, man, this is what the kingdom of heaven is going to be like. That we're just going to, we're just going to see different people that we've had relationship with and go, wow, I remember that time Jim and I sat down. I was thinking about moving to Atlanta and taking this job. And, and Jim had worked so many years that, he says, Scott, I just I want to encourage you in this way. 
Man, if I was thinking about buying a house, I'd say, Jim, what do you think about me doing this? And Jim would encourage me in this way. I think about the times that Papa D would hug me every night as I walked in to church. I think about Bob Mitchell and I going down and helping when Katrina hit the Gulf Coast. And Bob, I still want to get coffee with you and hear your story. Because when Scott was telling me just a life transformation has happened with you, that's what I want to hear. Because relationships and life change stories, that's what it's all about. But convoy, whenever Scott told me that first time, convoy's not really a verb, it's a noun. Or not really a noun, it's a verb. And then when we got together with Brian and Blake and Scott, and they said, it's not a noun, it's a verb. And I just kept, as a child of the 70s and 80s, I just kept thinking, Conway Twitty. I'm going to build a convoy. You know, that, that was, that's just what I kept thinking about it. But then, you know, when as, as we kept talking about it, we kept talking about what convoy is. And, guys, I got to explain to you what, what's been going on in my life the past six months has been the hardest time that I've ever had in ministry because I've got 10 couples that I'm working with right now that's either having the hardest crisis in their life when it comes to their marriage, they're on the brink of divorce. There's a couple right now in Branson that's in a marriage intensive. It's the worst across fellowship in Northwest Arkansas that I've ever seen it. And I don't know if you know it or not, but. We are the divorce capital of the country. We have the highest divorce rate in the country. Now, you don't do men's ministry just for marriages, but if the husbands are walking well with Jesus, then we've got a pretty good shot that marriage is going to stay together. We've got a pretty good shot things are going to be okay when it comes to that. So. When I see this room and you've got men that are pouring into other men that are going to convoy alongside of them in life, then we're not going to have the issues in our churches across Northwest Arkansas that we do. Whenever you laid out that plan, I mean, man, I've looked at so many ministry plans throughout 20 years. I think and we, we hit real quick the, uh, the purpose. What is my purpose? We sat down again. This was uh, me and Blake and, and Scott and, and Newman, different community pastors, uh, Brian, everybody in there. And, and uh, Blake asked a question and he said, guys, what do we, what do we really want to be about? What do we want to accomplish? And there's a lot of words on the screen and stuff like that. And man, he he thought through so much, but he said, really, I just think it's love God, love people, make disciples. And that's when I knew this guy's just, I mean, this is my brother from another mother. I mean, we're kindred souls. That's 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 what I want to live for. That's what I want to do until the day that I die. I just want to, I want to love God with all my heart all my mind, all my soul. I want to love others as much as I love myself because I love them a lot because I love me. I love me some Lee. You know, I love me a lot. So if I can love my neighbor that much, then 
then we can really make some movement. And I want to make disciples, and that's the hard part. That's truly the hard part. Because you know what? When we love each other, it's easy to love people that we like. And then we start spending time in community, and our foxholes are awesome and stuff like that, and we get real comfortable, and we can share the things that are going on and stuff like that. But can we go to the next step and say, you know what? I see something that's not good in your life. This is a scripture that is not right. It black and white says this, and it'll change your life if you start living this way, that God called you to live this way. And that's where a disciple starts getting made is when they live by the scriptures and according to how God called them to live. And, and we've got to multiply those disciples. We've got to multiply our foxholes so that we can make more. And I'll call out my age group and the guys that are a little younger because this is no offense. I'm lifting you guys up. I'm seeing that there are a few more guys. John Breck's a couple years older than me, two or three. A couple guys that are, that are older in here, and there's not as many younger. So that's our role. You know, you, you're going to go find people that you're going to ask them to come to Convoy with people that you live around, people that you work with, and people that you have common hobbies with. So I got a guy that I'm coaching basketball with right now. Rob's a pastor, a uh, youth pastor at Bentonville, or Bentonville, at Lowell First Baptist Church. Hey, man, I went to this amazing men's ministry the other day. It's called Convoy. I don't know if you want to do it at y'all's church, but just look at the ministry plan. Hey, Blake, shoot me those slides. You know, and then all of a sudden, do you want to own it and do it down there? Do you want to come to this on Friday morning and see what's going on? But understand, guys, we're releasing this deal, and it's God's movement. And let's let him take fire and see what happens. That's what we want to do and say, Lord, I don't own this, but just like that rose, I don't know what you're going to be doing with this. I'd like to, I'd like to get some satisfaction out of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But... Lord, I don't know what you're going to do with this. But, Lord, I know you're good. I know you love me, and I trust you. So, with those things, I'm releasing this to you. Everything that you guys have done to this point is amazing. It's spectacular. Now, with the plan that you've got before you, charge your head. 2019 is going to be greatest year convoy scene. And so charge ahead and go find the people that you live, work, and play with and ask them to come be a part of what you're doing. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, you're good. Oh, man. And this morning, we just, we just feel your love and we're so thankful for you. But Father, I pray for all these men in this room that we will trust you in a greater way, that we will take uh, 20 seconds of risk to ask somebody, hey, will you come join me on Friday morning at the thing called Convoy? I want to show you that there's a group of men that are going to help you carry through life. 
Lord, just speak through us. Give us the opportunity to share with others. Father, I pray for these foxholes. I pray for the small group time that that they're going to gather together and they're going to encourage and equip each other to live the life that you've called us to, to be better husbands, better fathers, better workers, that we ultimately bring glory to you in all that we do. In your name, Jesus, amen.